you know, when we're talking agitation, we're talking how much we're stirring that coffee and water together to pull those solubles out. And you essentially, the more you agitate a coffee, the faster it extracts. I'm Kenneth Thomas, and this is Coffee 101, brought to you by Humble Coffee. Coffee 101 is your one-stop shop for everything, everything that you wanted to know and even things you didn't want to know or know that you wanted to know or didn't want to know in coffee. And we are bringing it all to you. And today is no different. Katie and I are in the studio and Katie, we are talking today in the first of two episodes double header to what 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 do you say what what or what 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 why do we say what i don't know what 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 wait i don't is know that even a thing we say or did i make that up that's what i'm wondering wait, i'm wondering what? if we i'm wondering if we just made that up maybe it's what what we're going to okay. say what, what. Okay. Now so, I'm just confused. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, it's a double header. Okay. Uh, this is part one, and uh, we're talking about the poor. So The pool. Uh, the pool. What kind of poor, though? P-O-U-R. Like an adjective or like a verb? I don't know what those things even mean. Dude, you don't know what that means? Yeah, well, I mean, you at one time I did. just left English class, like, what, 90 years ago? <laughs> yeah, I'm something kidding. like that. Just Thank kidding. you very much. Just kidding. Just kidding. Um, so P. O-U-R, the poor. So not like poor like people or poor in spirits. No, not poor in spirit. So like poor like the poor, you know, like you see the um, barista doing. So the verb. Yes, like you're pouring. um, You're pouring the actual like for your coffee. And I thought that this was, this is one of those aspects of the... What you can do to impact how your cup tastes, and I thought it was enough for maybe like, I don't know, 10 minutes worth of, you know, talking about troubleshooting and things like that. But our guest today Mm -hmm. and the next time wowed me, and we ended up talking for um, enough where we really needed to make it into two episodes about the poor. So it's Daniel Teplitz with Clatch. Teplitz. Teplitz with Clatch Coffee. Clatch. In California. Mm-hmm. And um, he is actually the reigning third place U.S. Barista Cup. Wow. Yeah. So, impressive. Yeah, it's super What's impressive. Daniel, Daniel Teplitz. Congrats, Daniel. Yep, congrats, Daniel. And um, so we talk about the poor. We talk about the different things that can make a difference when you at home are doing yours or you're in a coffee shop and you're like, yeah, this doesn't taste right. It tastes like fill in the blank. And we help in these two episodes figure out, well, what does that fill in the blank mean? Does it mean under extracted, over extracted? And then how can we change that and we go into the actual science of the poor, 
we talk about this thing called the Coriolis effect, which is mm. kind of crazy, and it's about how the winds go around the oh rotating Earth. Yes, no, that we learned about that in school. Yeah, and some some this myths, year. some myths that we we're gonna bust about that. Okay. So I was it, gonna say something a second ago, but I just kept talking and wouldn't yeah. be quiet. No. That, I'm really loud. No, that's not it. It was just like, I like had something pop into my head and I was like going to say, but I don't know what it was. Well, I'm going to let you think about it and let's you jump. You sure it's not the Borealis effect? No, this starts with a C. Coriolis? Coriolis? Yeah, but then what's the Borealis effect? Well, you have the that's Aurora. You have the Aurora Borealis. Yes. And that's that's not an effect. They're both in the sky. It's, They're both in the atmosphere. That's true, and it is. Um, that's with with lights, like the okay. northern lights. I think there's also constellation called that. Well, I don't know, but let's just jump to the show and talk about the poor, and we'll see what else we get into. So, this is my interview with Daniel Templets of Clatch Coffee. Daniel, good to have you on the show. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. So you're right off of finishing third place in the United States in Brewers Cup, and that's a in in the coffee world. That's like a big. That's a big deal. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, um, it is a big deal. Uh, it took a lot of practice uh, yeah. and a lot of uh, work, but you know, had a good team around me and. Uh, I got to do what I love, which is brew coffee and talk about it. So, yeah, yeah that's awesome. Clatch usually has a really good showing um, with coffee competitions and uh, tends to to do well. So, and you know, I thought in our series here um, with our one on ers uh, we were at the point talking about the what I call the perfect pour, and so I thought you would probably be the best person to. Just come on, and I could just kind of pick your brain, and we could kind of go back and forth on, you know, some of its opinion um, as far as, like, what's the best pour. Um, And so a little bit of science, a little bit of art, um, but we can also talk about troubleshooting and, you know, just at the end of it, then our listeners would be able to just do whatever and feel free to pour whatever coffee. I mean, troubleshooting is always the the big thing. I mean, so the Brewers Cup competition, there's the part where you bring the coffee and you have your whole presentation. There's also a second portion that's compulsory, which is they give you a coffee, you know nothing about it, and you have 45 minutes to figure it out and brew three cups. So, you know, that figuring out coffee and troubleshooting is kind of what Brewers Cup, you know, part of what it's all about. Yeah, that's and, awesome. Yeah, that was like half of my training, yeah. half of my you know my efforts getting here. Well, tell us. Um, so let's talk about the poor. So um, if somebody um, is just at home and they just bought whatever a Kalita Wave or um, Hario V sixty or they have something else like that, um, just kind of start going through what do you what do you think is important? What are you looking for? Um, and we'll just kind of go from there. Sure. Um, 
Well, there's a, a few things that when you first buy your brewery, you kind of are looking for. Um, you don't want to, if you have a small brewer, you don't want to use too much coffee. So okay. being able to control, you know, know how much coffee you should use or shouldn't use is um, really important. Um, if you, so like if you get the Kalita Wave, uh-huh. um, they have two different sizes. They have the 155 and the 185. The 155 is their smaller one. You don't want to do a 30 gram dose mm. of coffee in that. It's just too much. You're going to pretty much have the entire uh, brewer filled with coffee. And if you use the 185, you don't want to do a 15 gram dose because right. there's going to be almost no coffee in there. And you're going to, it won't brew correctly. It won't get the desired effect that that brewer gives it. So, okay. So let me ask you this. So why, and I think I know the answers, but um, why won't it brew correctly? Are you thinking about stuff like, um, say, the temperature that the pour-over device itself will hold while you're doing it or too many uh, fines? Um, Kind of explain that to me a little more. Sure. Um, So if you're, I would say the best example would be like, the Kalita 185, the bigger one, mm-hmm. and brewing a small cup in it. Um, so that brewer, there's, it has a larger bed on the bottom because it's a flatbed brewer. Right. And so you have more coffee on the bottom, a more surface area, but you're not going to be re- really agitating that coffee correctly to get the proper extraction. Mm. Um, you're also going to be, uh, it, I mean, a Kalita being metal, it's going to uh, take on some of that heat. Right. But really the issue is you're not going to be um, utilizing the geometry of that brewer. So gotcha. that brewer has these waves that are built into uh, into it to kind of push the cough, the water and the coffee back towards the middle. Mm. Where if you're only doing a low bed, you're not going to be pushing that water back towards the middle like it the brewer is intended. You know, and you, you mentioned the word um, agitation. One thing for our one on out there to think about when Daniel and I are talking about agitation with a pour over is like if you do a really, we'll say slow, controlled pour over versus um, something with significant agitation. It's the difference to me or the way I think about it is like you have a cup of uh, water that has ice in it sitting there versus a cup that you're that has ice in it that you're constantly stirring you know so the there is a um in that instance it's a heat transfer but in our instance it would be a a pulling out of the solubles from the coffee um as you have more agitation exactly I mean, you know, like you said, if you have ice sitting in a cup, it'll get cold. Yeah. But it'll take longer. Right. Whereas if you stir that cup up, that cup gets cold right away. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, when we're talking agitation, we're talking how much we're stirring that coffee and water together to pull those solubles up. Right. Um, and you essentially, the more you agitate a coffee, the faster it extracts. In my mind, the what we're looking for is something that's repeatable, something that you can do over and over again. So, you know, ideally, you want to 
whatever you're doing, you want to do over, you want to do consistently. Correct. Yeah. So, you know, I personally don't like to stir my coffee, my, because I find that it um, is harder to control how I agitate with stirring, Mm -hmm. but it's all about taste and it's all about, you know, what is comfortable for you. Yeah. And, you know, we would say, and I'm sure y'all would say like, at the end of the day, if you like the cup, then thumbs up. Um, Exactly. And and the challenge is, and you and I talked about this a little before we we hit record, is if you don't like that cup, like what is it that you don't like and, and how do you fix it? So like let's say, for example, I have a cup and I don't, uh, let's say it's it's like a light to medium roast coffee, and sure. um, I don't know the word under extracted, but I say to you, I'm like, I don't know, it just doesn't, it just doesn't have it's like that, sour. Oomph, yeah, that I want, and it's kind of a little sour. So like, so like, how would you, if you had that cup, which which you and I would call under extracted, um, sure. what what would you change, or what are some of the things you might change in that pour? Sure. Um, so under extraction generally comes from, uh, either lack of agitation, water that's too cool Mm. or a, uh, too coarse of a grind size. Those are your three key elements that are easy to change. Yeah. Um, and last of course being your, uh, how fast the agitation comes from a lot of different variables, uh, but the water temperature, if you're you know only getting it to 190, it's not going to be hot enough to extract quickly. Right. Um, so you might want to use a hotter water, or um, if you like your using that water temperature, you'll have to change other variables. Yeah. Um, you know, grind size is one of the uh, the biggest influences on extraction. Um, I know you had an episode a little bit ago about grinders and grind size. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, every grinder brings different things to the party. Um, yeah, and even you know, different of the same grinder from the same factory. Yep, absolutely. I mean, the the burr set itself, um, you know, as it wears down will change. Right. Um, so, you know, it's really important, even if you get the same grind size from two different grinders, they're not going to brew the same. Right. Um, or t- they may brew time-wise the same. They may brew, you know, every all of the variables may seem the same, but what you taste in the cup will be different. That's because of the, you know, how much fines that a, a grinder creates just from the geometry of its uh, burr set, um, whether it's a conical grinder versus a flat, uh, right. flat grinder. All of those will change how those flavors extract. Yep. Well, um, okay, so we had the, uh, you know, theoretically the under-extracted cup. Sure. Let's say that, um, again, new to coffee, and I do my first pour-over, and I'm like, man, this just tastes like, like, um, and, and let's say it's a medium roast, and I say, man, it just tastes like, um, like I've been around a campfire, and um, I get this, like, it's almost like a heavy aftertaste and almost almost chemical. Yeah, almost chemical or uh you know, and so we, we would call over extracted. 
Uh, sure. So what what do you do? What do you do with that cup? I mean, it, kind of the the same variables. Just um, the exact are in opposite. Play. The yeah. exact opposite. Um, the actually something I didn't mention the last time is time. Yeah. So if your cup is brewing really fast, mm-hmm. you want for an under extracted that will tell you, hey, again, slow down your brew. Mm-hmm. Um, over extraction, if it brew, you know, your target time is three minutes and it goes for four and a half, probably going to have an over extracted cup, even if all the other variables. Um, and that could just be because you're using a roast that's really light, right? Um, and it uh, it stalls. It just stop. You know, the fines kind of hit the the filter and stop your brew from going through. Mm. Um, and if that happens, like at a certain point, you just pull your coffee, and you'll have less water. But you end up if you just let it sit there, it might take five six minutes to really get all of the water through because it's stalled out. Well, let me ask you this. Um, sure. And I actually don't know the answer to this, but you probably do. So, yeah. So. <laughs> so when we're talking about fines for the one one ers out there, uh, we're talking about just super tiny grind size, um, you know, coffee um, that inherently is just part of even the best grinders. You'll have what we call fines. Um and they can clog the filter if they get to the bottom. Um, so here's the question: Is if you are halfway through a pour or pour over, and you realize, oh man, like it is, it's not stalling out. Yeah, it's stalling out. Do you have any tips or tricks to try to recover? Like, can you super agitate it or something? And I don't yeah, know. Yeah. So generally, agitation is the the way that people. Um, there's two kind of two different sides to this. You, you want to either agitate heavily, mm-hmm. um, which is why a lot of brewers will, you'll see them uh, stir right at the end of their brew. Mm-hmm. Um, because that'll, if you're getting a little bit of the stalling, it'll kind of force the water through. Right. Um, or you pour really, really, really slowly. So a lot of the competitors in, uh, Brewer's Cup, we're using um, different devices like the Mellow Drip, yeah. um, things like that, which actually change your flow rate of from your kettle mm-hmm. from you know six to ten milliliters per second to one milliliter per second. So when you're saying so, a slow, slow pour, you're talking about from the get go. Uh, no, at the very uh, end. At oh, the very at the very end. end. So you would do your normal pours like right. you normally do, okay. and then that last pour. You know, say it's an extra 50 grams or an extra 100 grams, whatever it is, you do it with something that can slow the brew time, the the flow rate down. Uh huh. So that we're actually allowing all of the coffee to settle without agitating. Okay. Because you're not getting any more, you're not really getting any extraction in that last pour Mm. generally. What you're getting is mostly water that's coming through the coffee and giving you your, uh, that like balance your in your cup. Yeah. yeah. Your ratio and your balance. You can get okay. minimal extraction, but the majority of your extraction is happening at the beginning. So at yeah. the end, you, the, like I said, there's two different thoughts on this, either stir and agitate, you know, hard. Uh-huh. If you're noticing that you're getting, um, 
the coffee stalling. Yeah. Or kind of almost eliminate your agitation completely, mm-hmm. um, which, like I said, people are using like different devices that are create like shower heads. So yeah. you're getting this little rain of droplets on the top of the bed. So it almost doesn't agitate the coffee at all. Right. And, um, um, so I, I would say for the, ahead. the home brewer, the easiest one, it would be to agitate. Yeah. You do and, that strong agitation. Um, I find you can do that with your, your kettle. You don't need to take a spoon and stir. You just have to do some quick circles and pour hard. Just make sure you don't over pour. Right. Yeah. No, that's a good point that, and, and I was going to ask about that is and just to clarify uh, for the stir. And so what Daniel is saying is that you can use a spoon um, or whatever you have um, there at the house, uh, but you can also use literally the water to like make just like a massive, you know, just agitation. Vortex. Yeah, vortex. Uh, and um, you just have to know, you know, of course you've got it on a scale while you're doing this and you have to kind of know where to stop as far as your total water so that you don't go like crazily over um but um tell me so we have like would you say would you even break it up like this would you say that there there are two different pouring styles like continuous versus pulse pour or would you not or would you say that there are different styles or combos or how would you how would you explain that I would actually, I wouldn't say they're two different styles. I'd say you're, what you're looking at, a continuous pour, where you're pouring essentially the entire time that you're brewing. So you're pouring slow and controlled. Mm-hmm. Um, and a pulse pour is just, you you decided that for the coffee you're using, yeah, it needed more agitation. And so a, a continuous pour is just... Less agitation. A, it's it's going to be two pulses. You're going to be have your bloom. Uh-huh. And then your slow continuous pour gotcha. to get to your weight. Okay. And so what you decided is that based on the grind size you have and the the coffee you're using, you want it as minimal agitation as possible. Mm-hmm. Whereas a pulse pour, you're, you have your bloom and then, I don't know, I've seen people do as many as like six or seven pulses if they want to keep that bed really low. Yeah. And what they're finding is that they want you know a lot of hot water re-added which aids in extraction. They want to add you know, the the stirring of the bed by adding that hot water new times each time, mm-hmm. as well as however, whether they're pouring in the center or circles, that can uh, change their agitation. Um, and you know the each of those things change how that cup is going to brew. Right. So we're just talking, you know, when you're creating your recipe that you want to do. A continuous pour is just the baseline for brewing, right? And you see your brew and you say, we're going to do our bloom and then we're going to pour till we get to our final weight. Yeah, And that means you have to pour controlled and consistent so that you're getting that same agitation. We'll be right back. I'm Kenneth Thomas and this is Coffee 101 brought to you by Humble Coffee. Hey, 101ers, Kenneth here. Just wanted to say thank you. Uh, We have had, Katie and I have had lots of awesome feedback 
about the podcast and how much everybody's learning out there. And that has ranged all the way from coffee beginners to people that are experts in coffee. And uh, um, it just, we're happy to do it. And uh, we love that y'all are loving the show. And so just wanted to say thank you for letting us visit your ears every now and then. Okay, let's get back to the show. And one thing you one thing you commented there, um, you're saying the bloom, and then if you're doing continuous, then it's a slow, steady pour after that. Um, versus pulse again, bloom, and then you're doing your pulses. Um, just as a side note, um, for those who who don't know what the bloom is, when you have a really fresh. Uh, freshly roasted coffee, which I'm going to say, you know, even if it's whole bean, I'm going to say, um, you know, for sure within the first six weeks and probably honestly longer than that, if you grind it and then you have it, then your first pour, you're going to get what's called a bloom. And, and you'll see that the, the bed of coffee itself will almost like rise like a like the top of a muffin or something. Um, and you'll even see little bubbles kind of pop out every now and then. And what that is, is your coffee is degassing or it's re- releasing CO2. And that's where you're getting um, some of your uh, fragrance. Um, and that's not necessarily a good time for a lot, for an optimal amount of extraction because that the CO2 is going to, is if if y'all follow me here, it's going to lower your overall surface area of potential that you can interact. Your water can interact with the coffee because because you've got all these these little air gaps where the the CO two is trying to get out. So a lot of times, and I'll see what Daniel's thoughts are on this. Is um, you will take and like let's say your dose for your coffee is 20 grams then you're probably ballpark your pour for your bloom is going to be somewhere between i would say you know one and two times that so anywhere from 20 to 40 grams for your bloom and and you're going to wait about 30 to 45 seconds to let most of that degassing take place it's still going to degas some but that um, you're balancing that versus keeping and trying to pull down into the actual cup itself some of those volatiles um, as far as that good, you know, aroma and uh, taste. Acidity. Yeah. And so um, just thoughts on any of that? Yeah. Um, I mean, that's kind of one of the things that's really out there in coffee these days. I'm seeing people try all sorts of different blooms. Um the the key to me to keep it simple um look at what coffee you have if it if you think it's going to be something that's going to be higher in acidity um generally a longer bloom um is better because that co2 that's releasing is part of that acidity yeah so you know one of the things that i was working with in brewer's cup was a coffee that had a lot of acidity but i wanted to release a good amount of that but once i got it out i wanted to keep what was left right um so we were working you know we had a two to one bloom which is pretty standard um so and so by that just to clarify you're talking about 
if like just I guess just go ahead and say how many grams and sure. then what was your water? So I I was doing a twenty eight gram dose. Uh-huh. And I did 50 grams of water. So just under two to one. Gotcha. Uh, which would be 56 would be two to one. And was but, that when you were making three cups or were you? No. Just... So you have to brew one cup at a time. Okay. All right. Cool. So I had to do that's three a, individual that's cups. It's a pretty solid cup. Yeah. As far as oh, like yeah. caffeine kick. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. we were doing so comp- competition wise, <laughs> you, you want to be able to describe the coffee yeah. um, really accurately, right? Right. So we found that with this coffee at really wide ratios, you're finding really um, a lot of really beautiful flavors uh-huh. that kind of changed really quickly. Yeah. So what we ended up with was a 12 and a half to one ratio so that the flavors were super well-defined. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we, I mean the, the judges ended up, I get served them about a, I believe a seven ounce cup. Yeah. Um, so there was leftover in, in each. Uh, so server. you were jacked up. Oh, I was. Cause I went, <laughs> I went to the back and drank the rest of each one. <laughs> yeah. And especially in, and this is uh we're, we're going off on a tangent. We'll get back in a second, but especially in competition, like you want to try, you want to try your coffee. Like, you know, you want to see, okay, did, did we hit where, where we wanted to, you know, so that on the back end, you know, that either you hit where you wanted to and it wasn't what they were looking for, or you missed where you wanted. And then, and that's what, you know, threw your numbers off. But yeah, exactly. Anyway, I digress. Oh, that's totally fine. I mean, you know, it was actually really interesting. My first, um, so I did my presentation twice cause I was in the finals. Like, yeah. Um, so the first time I did my presentation, my pores were perfect. Yeah. When I say perfect, like we're talking, everything was within, within a second of each other the amount of agitation was perfect yeah. um so they the, the unicorn judges, ran by in the background right well the judges they're like <laughs> pouring they're counting the number of circles that yeah. i'm pouring that's for awesome. each pour that's intense um, the amount of time that i pour for each pour um the amount of time between each pour yeah so they i mean they're judging all of that but the second time my I like got really relaxed because I was my goal doing this. It's my it was my first year competing. I've been in coffee for five years, but yeah. this is my first year competing. Um, my goal going into this was to make the finals, which I did. Yeah, and so I was a lot more relaxed because you know at this point I'm just I'm gonna have fun because right. I'm here. Do, I'm doing this. Um. And so because I was a little more relaxed, my pores were all over the place comparatively. Um, and, you know, but the cup itself, because we'd gone and we tried um, a slightly older roast that morning. Yeah. And it just was beautiful. And yeah. so like the cup scores themselves were um, better because the presentation and the fact that I was just more relaxed. Yeah. All right, Daniel. We got to most of what we wanted to get to, but I think I'm going to have to bring you back on next week because uh, we got a lot more to talk about about pour over, brother. Uh, absolutely, I'll I'll be back. All right, I'll see you then. See you then. All right, so we learned a little bit. Oh yeah, and. I remember 
remember what I was going to say. You can go okay. Ahead. You, you can had go the ahead. whole, you listened to the whole interview and you're like, Always. boom. No, and then I just remembered just now. Okay, what were you going to say? I was going to say that, like, you were talking about how, like, the poor was important. Yeah. On how you did stuff or whatever. Uh-huh. Y'all were talking about that. Like, I made a cup of coffee the other day. Yeah. I guessed the wrong way. Yeah. And it tasted rancid. It tasted yes. awful. And I was like, what did I do? Yeah. It's beans. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I guess I made it wrong. And it, mm it was bad. Yeah. So basically, yeah. So that's the thing is that all of this stuff, whether it's your ratio or how hot the water is or the way that you pour and all this other thing, all the other things, all of that factors into it can be a great cup or it can be a terrible cup. Yeah. Or somewhere in between. But then, like the week before that, I had a really, really good one. Well, that's good. So when you have good ones, you got to stick with it. Yep. If you have bad ones, change one variable. And try again. And if it's worse, don't do that again. If it's better, then do that. And then change something else next time until you get the cup you like. All right. That's all we have today, 101ers. I was joined in the studio with the lovely Katie. And we talked with Daniel Templitz of Clatch Coffee. And we will catch him again next week as we finish our conversation about the poor. So, do us two or three things. What what should they do, Katie? Subscribe to the podcast or follow us, depending on what app you're on. And you should also leave a review, because those are really fun to read. Yes. And then you should also Tell go... Yeah, but like we say that every time. But I really want them to I do that. I think we need to switch it up. Okay, you say something. But we something. don't want to be annoying. You, you yeah. say something, and I won't tell them this time about telling a friend. Go. Okay, okay, okay. You need to go onto the Humble Coffee website and buy a sampler pack yeah. of our, our four main coffees, and you need to try them out just for yeah. fun. I mean, like, you don't have to like them just for fun, you know? Yeah, and it supports the show. Yeah, Because that's where does. we get any kind of input to be able to that's do That's where our money stuff. comes from, guys. Money is important. <laughs> it makes the world go round. It does. So does love. All right, love y'all. See you next time on Coffee 101.